Saturday Night Jams. Good morning, everybody. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. And live in the studio, representing the Civilian Investigative Panel, which is also known as the CIP, <laughs> I have the Assistant Director, Mr. Rodney Jacobs. Good morning, Rodney. Hey, good morning. Happy Sunday. How are things yes. going? How are you feeling on this Sunday, Yo, Rodney? I can't complain. Bless the highly favored. I feel like we should yeah. start off that way. Yes, we so blessed. We so highly <laughs> favored. Yes, Lord. All right, so let's get into this conversation about the Civilian Investigative Panel. Briefly tell me what exactly is the, the Civilian Investigative Panel. Okay, so the CIP, for sure, is mm-hmm. a city department for the city of Miami that does investigations and oversight over the city of Miami Police Department. Uh, another way to say that is we do investigations into police that are involved in misconduct. So basically, like, as if I'm in the McDonald's drive through and they say, call this number if you're not happy or to give us your feedback, the CIP is basically that little sticker in the drive through window saying hit us up <laughs> it's essentially it's that with a lot more power because <laughs> usually with those surveys you get on mcdonald's it's like no one ever calls you yeah. and it's like they may say send you like a free small fry that costs a dollar but yeah. our panel has a, a little bit more influence and impact you know i like to say think of us as the external internal affairs or an inspector general of the police department um, our panel does a lot of great things um, it's composed of 13 members mm-hmm. who are all appointed and selected by um, us initially and then approved by the city commission uh those 13 people uh are then hearing the cases that we present to them that we've investigated for a total of six months um and then they make a finding of fact depending on that finding we give recommendations to the police chief for discipline on officers wow Mm -hmm. so with so much in the news and not necessarily here in south florida thank you jesus (laughs) um but so many like dissatisfied uh, civilians concerning the police and the police have such a stigma now. Why have I never heard of you? You know, it's it's crazy because I like to say that we're the the best kept secret in the city. We've been around actually since 2000. Um, There was a big push to get our police oversight model um, enacted in the city due to like McDuffie riots and other Mm. things that were going on. Um, As a lot of people know, our police department, at least in the city of Miami, has been under uh, DOJ investigation for quite some time for Mm. a lot of different wrongdoings. Uh, So civilian oversight is a model that's usually injected in communities to ensure that that continuity um, continues after the DOJ leaves or even beforehand. For for lack of better words, I, I don't know why people didn't know about us enough. You know, we're in the city charter. We were approved by an overwhelming percentage of voters in the city of Miami to conduct our work each and every day. Um, I've been with the panel now for roughly three years, and mm-hmm. I try to ensure that the community members know about our resource. It's a free city service. Anyone can, you know, give complaints, whether it be directly uh, through a third person or anonymously. Mm -hmm. So anyone can file a complaint as long as it's against the city Miami police officer. What is the difference between internal affairs and the CIP? Like, what's the difference? Because isn't that what internal affairs does? Investigate complaints about the Uh, police? police? Exactly. Well, sometimes uh, community members don't feel comfortable going to internal affairs. Essentially, internal affairs are officers that are Mm -hmm. doing these investigations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's there's a lot of objection towards that model of oversight. Going to an officer to complain about an officer, another, another officer the right, brotherhood. Right. Like, right. I'm using that word from Law and Order SVU. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so there's there's a lot that engages in that that mm-hmm. moment. I mean, if you're a community member, you're like, hey, I have this issue with this police officer, and now you're going to another one to 
investigate it, people can get kind of chilled. There's a chilling effect there. Mm-hmm. So we're, we provide a reasonable alternative. And not only just that, um, if you do file with Internal Affairs, which I think is perfectly fine if you do, we still review their cases as well. So once they close out oh. their cases, they send them to us, and we make sure there was a thorough investigation that was done. And if there's not, we create a different finding. So who does the CIP report to? Like, are you guys, where are you guys? In the are you in things? the building of the, of the police no, department? we're not. Are, like, we, you're totally separate? Totally separate. We have our own building uh, far and away from the police department. It's actually um, 970 Southwest 1st Street. Are you um, sure you want to give that address? Yeah, sure. Please, please. <laughs> that is the building address, not my own personal address. So we can all talk about that. I, I think um, our, our, our building's actually uh, the manual our teammate theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually offices, an office space in the back, and that's kind of where we run our operations. But no, we're we're a city department. We're considered city uh, um, workers. Uh, we so get you, our benefits you work from the for city. The county, basically. No, it's, city no. of Miami. Oh, city of Miami. Mm-hmm. I get confused sometimes. I know. Sorry. They all have all the Miamis. In the, in the <laughs> I'm like three or five till I die. <laughs> right. What? what are you talking about? <laughs> so you said also that you guys are assigned by the commissioner. So staff isn't. So obviously uh, we we operate as hired employees. So we have 13 panel members. Mm-hmm. Uh, the panel members go through what we call the nominating committee. And the nominating committee is composed of um, members of the staff as well as select members um, from the panel itself. Okay. Uh, we, we host interviews. Uh, we ask them questions. And whenever we come up with a candidate for an opening position, we push that individual towards um, uh, the commission. And the commission then approves the person. So that we, we try to eliminate as much political animus and just outside factors so that this is truly a functional civilian panel that's reviewing these cases. So neutral. We, exactly. Neutral down the line, no party affiliations, none of that. So when you ask me the question of who do we answer to, well, we answer to our panel, which are 13 members representing five districts of our city, as well as the mayor. What does... Okay, so let's get a little bit of history about okay. you. How did... What did you study? How did you land here? <laughs> Were you a cop before, a lawyer? Like, how does right, this work? Right. Like, how did you become the assistant director of the CIP? Right. So, essentially, my director, who um, has been doing this for a very long time, she's been doing uh, civilian oversight in multiple municipalities for roughly over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as I'm leaving law school, um, she kind of plucked me out and says, hey, you should consider doing some of this work. And at the time, I was transitioning out of my military training. I, I'm in the Army Reserve. Okay. Um, so, so after I graduated law school, I went to the Army Reserves, and I was looking to move back to Florida, and I was trying to get into— Are you s- from Florida, or were you— Not necessarily. My dad okay. was in the Army. So oh, okay. I moved everywhere. I did high school in Tampa, okay. but I knew I wanted to come back to Florida because after seven years in Ohio, it was just too cold. It's the 305. Yeah, you it, have to come back. You got you to yeah. come back. So yeah. it, it was alluring, <laughs> and then— um, so I came here, and you know, the first my first time in Miami was actually interviewing for this job. Wow! Yeah, so I was just like, "Hey, talk about leap! Talk no. super I'm leap!" I'm just going to 305. I've never I, been there. I, Let's ne- go. Never <laughs> been there, but it's sunny, and that's the only prerequisite I'm looking for right now. <laughs> a sun it's is a city. there right. in the beach. Okay. Exactly, sun, city, and it, it is, and it's all good. Um, so my director was just like, "Hey, you know, I think this is some good work. We need mm-hmm. some more young faces to kind of help lead this charge, and it'd be great to have you." Um, so I looked up more into it, and I thought this would be something interesting to get into considering my legal and military background mm-hmm. and here I am. How long have you been working in, in for the CIP? Three years now. I'll be three years in March. So oh, okay. next month. Okay, congratulations on that. So your your um how many employees did you say it was about thirteen? No, so thirteen panel members okay. and then six staff members. Okay, so what is the history and background of the staff members? Like are they law students or a law graduates? Mm-hmm. Like what is their background to 
be able to do this job. Yeah, like, for sure. Which, like me, it's I'm like a radio how, personality. <laughs> Can I go work for them? Like, Listen, what is you, the background? <laughs> what are the, the, you but, know, the things that you have to check off the list mm-hmm. to be a part? So we have a, we have a number of investigators, and those investigators do have uh, past police backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But by no means is that necessarily a prerequisite. We yeah. just need people with good investigative skills. You could be an investigative reporter and um, be, be great at this kind of work. Um, my director obviously has a lot more experience. She used to be a police officer and then went to a district attorney later on and then obviously started oversight from there she's also been a police legal advisor so she comes with uh, a litany of experience in different industries all centered around the kind of work that she does now but our um our investigators were career police officers and decided mm-hmm. to take this on as a second career. That must be so... I don't even know what adjective I want to use for that. Like, if you were a cop before and now you're investigating cops, <laughs> that... I think that might might build a passion for it even more because if you were an ex-cop and you did everything by the book mm-hmm. to your best capabilities, because I know sometimes things are out of people's hands, but to the best of your capabilities, and then now you're investigating cops that aren't so good or right. being a cues of not being good then that must be like oh hold up if i could have done it for all them years then right mm. and, and not even only just people in our office but i think that's for lack of a better word like the majority of people in the police department if you're a police officer doing your job the right way every day they all feel that way yeah. um i think all police officers in some way shape or form want people to put on the uniform and not tarnish their reputation and i think a lot of times we kind of take a more um, utility or utilitarian approach to policing where we look at one bad officer and we paint the whole department that way. Now, in some situations, that one bad officer definitely needs to be removed, but there's constantly a lot of great officers that do good work. Awesome. So let's go through the process. So I'm Cindy, and I live yeah. in the city of Miami, and I'm unhappy about a situation that happened. I can't think of a scenario, but um, I'm unhappy with this, something that happened. Mm-hmm. A cop pulled me over, and I'm unhappy. Is that a good scenario, yeah, being pulled that's, over? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so a cop pulled me over, and I'm unhappy on how the interaction between he and I um, went. What is my next step? Do I just talk to my best friend and go on Facebook and cry about See, it? See, I love this. I love this. Or do I go to CIP first? Right, so th- there's a couple of situations, and I mm-hmm. love that you give this example because this is an example <laughs> I always give, too, because okay. just like you, for a long time, people... People didn't know this was an option, right? Mm-hmm. So the only two options people had was I'm going to talk to my friend and cry about this on Facebook. <laughs> I may protest on the streets. I'm going live. Yeah, I'm going live. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this. And that was really it. Like mm-hmm. there was really people felt like there was no real remedy for the issues that they were facing. But here's a CIP. It's been around for almost 20 years and there are wow. other options. So what you w- could do is easily as call me up. Be like, hey, Rodney, I have this complaint against the city of Miami police officer. Um, can you can I file a complaint? And our complaints are online. You can go to Miami.gov forward slash. Wait, do that slow. I'm going to write this down. (laughs) What is it? Miami, Mm M-I-A-M-I, gov. Okay. Dot com. Yes. Forward slash Uh CIP. Okay. That's simple. And we have an electronic complaint form on the right panel of our website. You would click on that and just submit all the information necessary and that goes directly to our email at the office and from there our investigator will contact you and and the ball will get rolling at that point we would then open up a case file and then we would send the uh, complaint also to internal affairs so they can do their investigation as well because they have to do the investigation at the same time the CIP and now the only thing that would bar that is if um a pending criminal investigation would ensue from that complaint. So mm. if the state attorney gets involved, we have to pause our investigation mm-hmm. until the closure or until the approval or release of uh, the case by the state attorney's office. And then we can continue ours. But up until that point, it's, it's full go. Does the CIP and the internal affairs compare notes or 
totally separate? You guys don't talk no, about we, it? No, we do. And in some cases, so th- there's a large portion of this that involves police officer statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically police officer statements, they're protected in some ways by statute, um, by the Police Officers Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. um, which allows police officers to make statements on cases that uh, they have been involved in or had some level of misconduct. Uh, but typically from our experience, uh, police officers only want to make statements to internal affairs. Oh, they don't want to talk they, to They, they don't necessarily want to talk to us they're much. like, Rodney, get out my face. Right. They, they don't want to talk to us. They, mm-hmm. they, they feel maybe even more protected in doing it with internal affairs. Okay. And that's their own prerogative. And state, state law does protect them in how they give their statements. So sometimes we will wait until the internal affairs case closes so we can get those officer statements. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those statements don't really give us much um, mm-hmm. because they're not as thorough or yeah, for whatever reason. They, they, would, they don't ask questions that the CIP the C would, would ask. Right. But I always tell police officers, hey, we're not the boogeyman. And if if you don't, you know, assert your right to defend yourself, then, you know, you're not going to you're going to lose that. We're not going to have that level or that other end of the picture mm-hmm. to complete the circle. Uh, so we do get some officers that come in and they do speak to us and it provides an extra level of clarity to our cases. I, and I think it's a necessary part of the investigation. Um, how do how does the CIP filter out the complaints that are like, come on, <laughs> like this? I asked this officer to hand me an orange and he did it. Like and that's a complaint. Like, yeah. how do you guys filter out the ones that are just like yeah. not merited for an investigation? So, so there are a few levels to this. Like, mm-hmm. um, on its face, we never just throw out a complaint, even if it is just the oranges, because we do understand that there's a certain subset of a community that can't necessarily explain why they're upset at the police. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean misconduct didn't happen. Um, there, there's there's certain level of cases that are very low level cases, like and we call those discourtesy complaints. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you were stopped maybe for a ticket and maybe you deserve the ticket. You were speeding, right? Um, and the police officer, as they give you the ticket, they say, like, here you go, in a very condescending and officious way, mm-hmm. something slick, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's your complaint, you know, and that's a very viable complaint. That is what we call discourtesy because police officers aren't supposed to operate in discourteous manner towards uh, community members, right? So it's, it's a very high standard to be a police officer, obvious for multiple reasons. You know, they have lethal force, they have to write affidavits that can take away people's liberties. So the police department ensures that departmental orders capture the idea of what it means to be courteous so usually when complaints come into our office we just don't throw any away on its face okay. and sometimes when you dig a little bit back you're saying well your complaint really isn't discourtesy it's excessive force like mm-hmm. yeah they you, might you, look they, at they, it because so, they're used to right, they, they, treated they, yeah, like that exactly so mm. you know a part of what we are is we're this conduit for the for the um community members to really flesh out what happened um, and i think that place in in our city is necessary. Uh, but in other cases where, you know, there's nothing to see here, we close those as what we call no finding, where this, you know, can't really be proven or it's not in our jurisdiction or this is really a nothing complaint. But we're very reluctant to just go there immediately. Let's just say, like, for something as, like, a complaint about courtesy, right? Okay. Um, and then the officer is found guilty that he wasn't courteous the mm-hmm. way the guidelines say he should be. What is the next step? Do you pass it on to the chief and then you, you don't know what? Exactly. Do you know what the, what is it, the, how they reprimand the discipline, them? Right. Or, yeah, like they what's reprimand. the discipline? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, the police chief will communicate with us if he does decide to take um, formal action against a police officer for discipline or reprimand. Uh, but we don't have any say if that's, you know, effectuated or implemented. Um, and once again, that's protected via state law that, you know, the police chief or sheriff are the only people that can give police officer discipline. Um, so another part of what I do is I try to 
uh, educate community members on where to place your anger. Because, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, something will happen. Someone gets shot. A police officer is doing the wrong thing. And, you know, community members, they'll be upset at the police chief or they'll be upset at, uh, you know, our office or internal mm-hmm. affairs. But I'm like, really, that's not really where you want your anger to be. Because, you know, sometimes the police chief's hands are tied due to state law, right? You mm-hmm. should be mad at your elected officials. You know, when we get upset about police officers being relieved of duty with pay, that's not a police department issue. That's a collective bargaining that issue. pisses me right? off. When I see it on the news, exactly. I'm, I, I'm like, okay, why can't they be on suspension or leave without pay? Why do right. they have to get paid? And they did exactly. such a horrible, or being accused of doing such a horrible such thing. Such a horrible thing. And really, that's not, your anger shouldn't be directed at the police chief or the sheriff or our mm-hmm. office or anyone else like that. It should be your city elected officials because they're the ones that are collectively bargaining with police union members um, in the department to say, okay, this is what we're going to allow. Um, so, you know, anytime that you don't like those things, you need to be writing a letter to your state official or city official to say, you know, we need to look at these things in a bit better way when we're looking at collective bargaining contracts. Is there like a website or something that they can go? Because maybe they're thinking they have a valid complaint mm-hmm. and then it maybe is, isn't or is or whatever. Is there like a website that they can go to to see information on what could be or no? You guys just Yeah, like you know, I, what I say is I don't like to solicit for complaints and I don't, okay. and I don't like to necessarily... <laughs> so don't give it out. <laughs> right, and I don't like to, you know, chill complaints either. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do feel as though you just have an inkling that, hey, this may be something, it may not be, but I'm going to report it, feel free to do that. And I think that's the best way to operate it because you just never know what it is. Um, you could be pinpointing a systemic issue that we haven't looked at or realized before. So I think our website in many ways provides a lot of different education and information. Mm-hmm. We have our pamphlet on there that kind of gives you the breakdown of what kind of complaints we have, whether it's discourtesy, excessive force, misconduct, improper procedure. There's lots of different allegations one can assert. Um, and I think maybe you could look at those definitions and kind of yeah, get a left and right limit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say when in doubt, just follow the complaint and we'll figure it out from there. And again, the site to file a complaint is miamigov.gov.com forward slash CIP. Do other cities have a CIP? Is it called something else or like... Like so, does Fort Lauderdale and West Palm and like, like how so you... that's a tricky question. Mm-hmm. So you know the police unions are very effective in ensuring that organizations like ours aren't around. Mm. Um, so we are actually one of the most unique, and which was part of the reason why I took this job, in that our panel also has subpoena power. So we're able to subpoena uh, witness officers and evidence um, in order to do our investigations. Um, there are some other entities like ours in other jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one in St. Pete, but they are what they call an audit form mm-hmm. of, of police oversight, where they only review cases of um that internal affairs has closed and maybe look at some policies. Mm. They don't do investigations, right? Like an appeal or something, right. right? Well, not even just an appeal. It's just, you know, this is what we found. This is what we closed it at. Here you go. You can review it. That's it. That's all mm. you get, right? So our model, not only we have our own investigation arm, we have our own auditing arm, um, and we have our own review arm for policies and procedures or department orders, as we call them. Uh, so we do, we are what we call a hybrid form of police oversight and mm-hmm. that we can do a multiple things all at once. Uh, there used to be another entity like ours in Orlando, but um, they were uh, disbanded due to a couple of legal situations that were brought up in that area. And I don't want to get too far into the legalese of it all, but essentially uh, they were sued by the police department saying that they couldn't exist because it violated state law. Mm. Um, and, and that was the end of that. Well, kind of. like it, So once again, you got to look at your elected officials in Tallahassee, you know, on the state level or on the trial level. Um, 
you know, they lost and they didn't, the, the oversight entity wasn't as well funded as ours. So they weren't able to appeal it and, you know, get it overturned. Uh, it was an Orange County case and it was actually against uh, Val Demings, who was a sheriff at the time, who is now wow. an elected official. Wow. Uh, right. So bringing that full circle. Uh-huh. Right. So uh, for, for, like I said, so there's one in St. Pete. Um, I think Sheriff uh, Tony over in Broward, he is somewhat revamping his oversight model. They do have an oversight board that's kind of interesting in Broward that does do uh, similar reports, but I don't know. They're kind of, I guess, to put it more simplistically, I could give an example. Mm-hmm. The, the we, I think you may recall the DeLuca Roll situation that yeah, happened in the, Broward. The young student that got his head slammed in the exactly, floor exactly. Times. So <laughs> their oversight board or their civilian oversight board, which is somehow a byproduct of the police department itself, it doesn't have as much independence. They ruled that the police officer was in the right in that case, mm. and Sheriff obviously Sheriff Tony reversed that. Says I'm not listening to them. This is what I'm doing instead. Um, so I think since that ruling, he's kind of taken on a new perspective. On how that board needs to be utilized. So I think he's shaking it up a bit. So I think Broward is maybe uh, opening it up to more of a panel like ours. Mm-hmm. Um, the county used to have a board. It's since been, uh, you know, defunded. Uh, so it can actually be funded at some point in time if mm-hmm. the Miami-Dade County elected officials decide to do so. So, you know, I like to think oversight is alive and well in Florida with a lot of obstacles to overcome. I love that. I mean, honestly, like, I'm real cool with Sheriff Tony. I'm going to have to have yeah. a conversation Yo, about that. Tony. And I think he should call you, too. Yeah, tell him to hit me up. You, you know, be the assistant to Sheriff <laughs> Brown, too. Are you allowed to do both? I can't, I can't do both, but I'm, I'm here to give inside information as much as I can. That's so awesome. And... I'm not, like at the beginning of our of our conversation. I talked about city Miami Dade and city of Miami. Yeah. What parts are city of Miami? Because I'm like, yeah. So city of Miami is considered what? <laughs> right, exactly. So city of Miami is obviously five districts. It's mm-hmm. probably as far north as like the edge of Edgewater, Lemon City. Okay. Um, as far south as. Mm, Coconut Grove, a little bit further south of Coconut Grove. And then we go west up until the border of like Coral Gables. So really like Shenandoah, New Shenandoah area. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously the border is Brickell. We don't go any far east than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the city of Miami. We need so the CIP to cars. move north because <laughs> <laughs> I don't fall in that little grid and uh, I need you, Rodney. <laughs> yo, I got, I got Listen, but see, the thing is, and this is why I think it's important, is that I think everyone at one point in time comes into the city. Um, so if oh, you, so have, you don't have to necessarily be a resident. It could be an incident. Got, the, city, the city of Miami police is which one? The white with the blue lines yep, on the side? White with okay, the blue lines with the blue emblem. So we, okay. we have complaints from people that live out of state that are just visiting for tourists whether you're here for an ultra event or you're here for super bowl weekend if you have an interaction with a city mommy police officer either on or off duty we can take the complaint I love it. So, again, this has been such an interesting conversation. Yeah. I cannot believe that I did not know the CIP, which is the Civilian Investigative Panel, existed. Yeah. Why Why <laughs> don't we know you exist? Like, I don't understand. Listen, so, when I when I came in three years ago, my uh, director you know, gave me a litany of things to accomplish, one of which was our community outreach. Of uh, My director has only been here for a little bit over five years, but before then, there wasn't much happening in the department. She really uh, innovated and say, hey, we need to do more, let people know about us um, to ensure that this is a city resource. Like, this is something that taxpayers are paying their money for to provide mm-hmm. to the city and its residents and its visitors, you name it. Uh, so why wasn't it happening before? I don't know. Was it by, was it by design? I don't know. But what I can say is that I'm doing everything I can to make sure people know about us now. 
High five. And we're going to spread the word um, and let everybody know. Again, go to MiamiGov.com forward slash CIP. Are you guys on social media or not really? We, we are. So oh, I, I, like, I like to blast out. I use my social media a lot to kind of okay. give information. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyone can follow me on Instagram at RW Jacobs. J-A-C-O-B-S-J-R. And, oh, J-R after mm, Jacobs. Yep. Okay. And then, um, obviously, we have a Facebook. You can just type in Civilian Investigative Panel. And we also have a Twitter as well. It's the same thing, Civilian Investigative Panel, City of Miami. So, uh, Are there any ever disagreements within the employees at the CIP that one might feel like, you know, the outcome should be this, and then the other one, like, are there ever... amongst your coworkers, you know, comparing and talking about it? Oh, yeah, most definitely. So I wouldn't say they're disagreements per se. Yeah, I I didn't want to use that word. I was like, why did I use that word? Right, no, but we we have what we call our case (laughs) review meetings. And, you know, we go over every case with a fine-tooth comb, and we look at it not only from our perspective, but, you know, the police perspective. We we try to bring in as much as we can to say, okay, this is the proper determination. But the good news is we don't have to do it alone. We have 13 other people on the panel Mm -hmm. that bring, you know, we have two people from each district, you know, we have two people from District 5, which is represented by uh, Keon Hardiman and his team. We have two people from 1 through 4. Everyone has representation. If you, um, And so because of that, we have different people with different perspectives that look at things differently. Um, and I think that adds to the overall um, success of, of our panel. Good, though. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's great. And I think that's the beauty of our panel in that you do have these community members who don't maybe maybe they don't know much about policing or maybe they do or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I think we all have a say in how we're policed in America in general. And I think our panel acts as a microcosm to that idea of the police department works for you and how does policing work in your community? Because what works in the city of Miami may not work in Broward. Hello. It's different people. It's mm-hmm. different communities, it's different cultures. Uh, so I think that's important to get way in from the community on how your police department should operate. And I think at the end of the day, that's what makes effective police departments. Because honestly, uh, police departments can't be successful without community input. Last time I checked, no one's committing crimes in front of police officers. Hello. So in order to do their job effectively, in order to follow leads, to solve crimes, they need community insight. But the community is afraid to go to you because they don't trust you or you're not being held accountable. It's, it, it, it dilutes the whole process. And what do we have? We have a police department that's ineffective and you have a community membership that can't trust this police. Mm -hmm. So we try to act as that bridge in between the two to ensure that that not only police officers are being held accountable, but also that community members have trust in the overall process of crime or crime and justice in, in the city of Miami. I think it's been amazing, our conversation. Again, I've been speaking to the Assistant Director, Rodney Jacobs, of the Civilian Investigative Panel, the CIP. If you want more information, again, go to MiamiGov.com forward slash CIP or follow Rodney on IG at RW Jacobs Jr. And I want to thank you, Rodney, for... Appreciate you having Now me. I understand. Before I was like, what is? what do you do? Yeah, I don't understand, <laughs> Rodney. What is this? And now I understand. I want to thank you and thank you very much, your girl, Super Cindy. Community Matters, 99 Jams.